Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! In our little neck of the woods, college football begins on Saturday, but college football has already been underway. So we'll get caught up on what has already happened, and we'll also continue to preview what's upcoming on Saturday. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for joining us. I'm Coulter Nuan is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. We had the uh, SCS kickoff last weekend, so we, we've uh, had some week zero action already. And uh, starting tomorrow night, a ton of action coming your way as well. Several Big Sky Conference teams will be in action uh, tomorrow night. So we'll get you all set up for the uh, wide variety of what's coming up in the college football world with our good buddy Sam Herder from Hero Sports. Talk about some of these Big Sky teams that open up on Thursday night. We will also uh, let you know some impressions out of uh, the stuff that already has gone down. And we'll keep on giving you previews of the games that will happen in Montana as well. Tommy Malott, quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats, will join us at about 4.30. We also got some free wings for you, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All it's going to take from you is asking me a Grizz football question. Then we'll talk to a couple guys who know these programs better than about anybody Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. He and I recorded down at Grizz practice earlier today. Keaton Gologli, the voice of the Bobcats, uh, he'll join us live leading up to his uh, cat chat program there uh, in Bozeman. And then we'll also hear maybe from Brent Bushka, quarterback from Butler, maybe from Noah Cashmitter, defensive tackle for the Grizzlies. Just depends on when the Grizz gets done with practice. Uh, we'll hear from Cashmitter if the timing works out. And uh, if not... We'll hear from Butler's senior quarterback. So there you go. Ton of interviews, ton of football talk. Pretty much all football, all show long here on Nuanas Now. If you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com. And you can also always stream on the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, Call us or text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the uh, Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can always text that line, and Andrew can forward it right along uh, to me. A couple updates for you before Sam Herder joins the show. 
It's uh, it, it's it used to be called Bloody Monday, but now it's more like this elongated two or three or four day long process of cuts around the NFL. I don't know. I don't know if it was more brutal or less brutal the way that they used to do it. It used to be you'd bring less guys to camp, but like seven to ten guys would get cut each week of the preseason, and you'd go from about 80 guys in camp to 53, but that would go down by about 10 each week. Now you could bring 95 guys to training camp, and then you have to whittle it down to 53 this week, right before the regular season begins. So every team is cutting dozens and dozens of players. So, so I guess it might, might seem more brutal. I don't know. I don't know which one's more brutal. Uh, sort of making it through three rounds of cuts and then getting cut at the very end or just having a, a mass cut where so many guys with Big Sky Conference and Montana ties uh, are looking for new opportunities but here's the way that it all shook out, at least so far. And I, I must admit, I was running around the last hour and a half going to a couple different things and to get, getting some interviews for this show. So I haven't checked the Twitter machine uh, that recently. But the last I did check, first of all, let's start with the good news. Dylan Cook from Butte America. Great answer to a trivia question now. Who's the only NAIA quarterback who plays in the NFL? It's a trick question because it's Dylan Cook. He was an NAIA quarterback at Montana State Northern, but then transferred to Montana as a walk-on, became an offensive tackle, and now he's on the Pittsburgh Steelers' 53-man roster. Pretty cool story, pretty impressive for him. Samari Torre, as expected, former Grizz and Nebraska wide receiver. He was drafted by the Packers last year, and uh, he played some for the Packers last year. He'll have an elevator role in the Packers this year, and uh, he's uh, he's on that 53 as well. That one was not necessarily a surprise, though. I think a lot of people expected that. The cuts included Ty Okada, former Bobcat, and Patrick O'Connell, former Grizz, who are each in Seattle, and each will uh, stay in Seattle, even though they both were released. They're both on the practice squad, so a couple guys battling it out. And uh, cool for them to get their opportunities extended. Lewis Kidd, who was uh, who played in 13 games last year and, and actually started a handful of games for the New Orleans Saints, he was surprisingly cut. Have not seen any update on him yet, one way or the other, if he signed with the practice squad or not. We have to think he has to at least be in the, uh, the conversation for a practice squad guy, former Bobcat offensive lineman. And then a couple other cats, Lance McCutcheon, who's a Bozeman native, and Daniel Hardy, who uh, was drafted by the Rams last year. Both of them cut by Los Angeles. Um, And there was rumors that maybe both would get practice squad spots there in L.A., but as of right now, uh, nothing. So, uh, I don't know. Andrew, have you seen anything? Uh, Yeah, Andrew Houghton uh, chiming in here on Nuanas now. Um, Is there anything new from the Twitter machine that that I've missed, or is this kind of where we're at right now? Well, it seems like both the Rams and the Saints have announced their practice squads, and none of those guys are Mm. on them. The Saints one, uh, the Rams came down an hour or two ago. The Saints one uh, came down about 20 minutes or a half hour ago and did not include Lewis Kidd. Uh, So none of those guys are going to be back where they were last year. Bummer for them. That doesn't mean the dream is over. Malik Flowers was also uh, signed by the Saints, cut by the Saints, signed by the Seahawks, cut by the Seahawks. But I, I do think that there's some guy. I mean, here's the thing. If you are willing to stick in it and stick with it, and, and you stay ready to roll in terms of conditioning and, and also just mentally ready to, to pick back up and, and start competing again, you can find your way, even if you're not on a team or a practice squad, right at the beginning of the year. So not all is lost for these guys. And uh, the season doesn't open here for a couple more days. So uh, they'll be, I guess the season doesn't open for a week, uh, a little bit more than a week. NFL season opens a week after the uh, college football season. So maybe some new opportunities arise. Uh, a couple of Weaver State guys made active rosters. Rashid Shahid made the uh, the Saints. That's not a surprise after his breakout year last year. And then uh, I saw Opeta, a uh, former offensive lineman for Weber. He also made 
the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the headliners from did no Panto signed with somebody else. Sorry, he was with the Eagles. Who did he sign? With? No, he he made the active roster for the Eagles. There were a couple others from around the league that sure. I saw uh, uh, that I was going to mention. I mean, first we got to start with the guys from Montana who are absolutely shoe ins and and going to be great players for their respective teams. Troy Anderson slated to start for the Atlanta Falcons, of course, for a Bobcat linebacker. Will Disley slated to start for the Seattle Seahawks, a Bozeman High product who played his college ball uh, at Boise State. Um, We'll make the rounds for you and gather up all the guys that uh, that made the uh, the active NFL rosters uh, maybe a little later on uh, this week. It's Noah's Now, ESPN Radio. Here's a look at the uh, FCS games that have already happened. North Alabama and Mercer squared off, and Mercer got a 17-7 victory. Fordham and Albany squared off, and Albany comes out on top 34-13. And uh, then the game that was sort of the highlight of the, the opening week zero FCS weekend last weekend Jackson State hosting South Carolina State. If you are unfamiliar, Jackson State has a, a an epic stadium. They have, I believe, the largest stadium in FCS football. Uh, formerly, Deion Sanders was leading the way there. They still have a lot of talent left over from when Coach Prime was there. And they post a very convincing 37-7 win over South Carolina State. So those are your um, FCS results so far. And... Uh, We'll get some thoughts from Sam Herter here in just a quick minute. But other uh, Big Sky Conference teams that play tomorrow night include Sacramento State, who's at Nichols State. You also have uh, Idaho at Lamar. UC Davis is at Texas A&M Commerce. Weber State uh, hosts Central Washington. And let's see, is there any other Big Sky teams? Oh, Northern Colorado plays Abilene Christian, so there's plenty of uh, Big Sky teams uh, in action starting tomorrow. And then, of course, on Saturday, pretty much everybody else across the country uh, opens up uh, in the FCS. So um, let's talk our way around the FCS. Our good buddy Sam Herter, Hero Sports, he'll join us uh, weekly here on Nuanas Now. Sam, thanks for being here, man. First of all, I know you were tweeting a little bit about the uh, South Carolina State-Jackson State game. What would you think? I know the, the biggest narrative around Jackson State is just uh, Coach Prime moving on, uh, Deion Sanders going to Colorado. What did you think of just sort of the, the opening game of, of the FCS season? I thought it was uh, an impressive performance by Jackson State. Uh, you know, South Carolina State struggled uh, last year, only won three games, and so it, it's not like, uh, SC State was the uh, you know the best competition for Jackson State, uh, but still I think the, uh, the the main thing with JSU and what I wanted to see was just how well they executed and, and how fluid they were and, and how smooth they were in their operation. Because even though they lost a lot of talents, they lost double digit guys to the FBS. Uh, they also brought in like 20 FBS transfers, and um, you know they are still recruiting at a high level. Um, and so you know the, the individual talent is there. It's just you know how, how would they play? Um, how would all that gel? And I thought they executed very well in, in their Week Zero game. Can you take anything from that? Or, uh, I mean, where, where does sort of Jackson State fit into the hierarchy of the FCS? Do you feel like they're a real playoff contender? Well, it's, it's I don't want to say impossible to know, because if you really, really want to, you can dive into the X's and O's and do the film evaluation, but you got to be... You know, you know, a head coach or, or you know, just a division sure. one coach to, to really dive into the film to see, okay, if Jackson State played Montana State, what would the score be? Right. I have no idea. You know, I, I couldn't tell <laughs> you that confidently. I would assume Montana State would win by you know, 17, 21 points, but that's just, you know, just me guessing uh, someone that, co- that you know, follows the FCS. Um, so it, it's really hard to know because, of course, Jackson State, um, they're a part of the SWAC, which has the, the SWAC championship game. Uh, which is during the, uh, the, I believe it's during the first round of the playoffs. Um, and so if you finish in first in the SWAC East or the SWAC West, um, you're playing in the, uh, the SWAC title game. And then if you win the SWAC title game, you play in the Celebration Bowl, which is versus the MEAC champ. Um, and that game is played, uh, you know, during, I believe it's the same day as the semifinals. Um, and so, you know, if, you know, I, there's always the possibility that we do see Jackson State in the playoffs this year if they do lose to Florida A&M, who's in the same uh, SWAC division um, as them. Uh, we saw Florida A&M in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's hard to um, know exactly where JSU stacks up uh, because they don't necessarily play uh, too tough of a out-of-conference 
Um, and we don't usually see them in the playoffs. So it's just really hard to, to see a whole lot of crossover stuff there. It's it's just interesting to see because they, they definitely have a elevated national profile because of who their head coach was, but certainly playing for a lot of different goals and aspirations than a lot of the other uh, primary powers uh, in the uh, the FCS. Sam Herter here on Sports joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. A whole bunch of games Thursday, Sam. Give us a couple that you'll have your eye on. It doesn't have to necessarily be Big Sky Conference-oriented. What do you think are some of the, the, the best or most fun matchups on uh, on Thursday? Yeah, you know, it is cool. You know, week one, we usually get four straight days of FCS games. <laughs> right. You know, there's a handful, yeah, there's a handful on Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, there's a few more on Friday. Um, there's a ton, obviously, on Saturday. And then on Sunday on national television is when uh, Florida A&M and Jackson State play um, on ESPN. And so four straight days. Um, you know, it's not the, the best slates, honestly. There's not a whole lot of juicy games out there. I think week two and week three of the FCS season is where things really start to pick up. Yep. Uh, there's not, you know, looking specifically at tomorrow, there's not great matchups, but there's, um, let's go down the line, Sanford, William & Mary, Sacramento State, Furman, uh, Rhode Island, Elon, Delaware, Youngstown State, South Dakota State, Weber State, uh, UC Davis, Idaho, all of those teams that I just mentioned are playing tomorrow. They're not playing each other, but they're playing other um, other opponents. Um, all of those teams I mentioned are all in the playoff hunt, and so we'll get our first pitcher at um, a lot of those teams. But again, I mean, South Dakota State and Weber State, they're playing non-division one uh, opponents. Um, you know, Delaware is playing Stony Brook. UC Davis is playing Texas A&M Commerce. Idaho is going to roll Lamar. So, uh, you know, I... I'll probably try to, you know, <laughs> do my best to have some week one takeaways from some of these games, but at the same time, you might be kind of shooting in the dark there because, you know, these these are uh, might be pretty lopsided games, if I were to guess. Then you look at Saturday, and there's there's some intriguing games Saturday for sure. I mean, it's just a cool game for Portland State to be able to open up at Oregon just because it is an in-state deal. I, you know, I don't think the Vikings have any fighting chance against the number 15 team in America and the Ducks. Northern Iowa, Iowa State's another one like that that has sort of the interstate feel, uh, even though Iowa State probably be pretty good. But I do think Northern Iowa could be uh, halfway decent this year as well. Uh, but the, the the biggest FCS uh, matchup, or I guess one of the, the biggest FCS matchups on Saturday, it is a neutral site game in your neck of the woods. Uh, Sam's coming to us from Minneapolis. So uh, what do you think of Eastern Washington, North Dakota State? I've, I've heard some stuff and seen some stuff on Twitter that they might be having some uh, struggles selling some tickets. So uh, break this one down for us. What's sort of the vibe going into this Eastern Washington NDSU game? Yeah, I I recorded my podcast earlier today, and I said that I just think, you know, and I'm going to be at this game. I just have a feeling there's going to be a weird vibe yeah. um, around this game. Uh, I do think NDSU is going to win, um, but I don't think NDSU is going to look like a juggernaut um, in this game because, uh, Eastern Washington, I think, is going to have a, a really good passing attack this year. Um, and NDSU has to replace uh, its top three cornerbacks and its, and its top three safeties uh, from last year. And they have just a ton of uh, inexperience in, in the back end of that NDSU secondary. Um, and so I think Eastern Washington can um, get some guys out of place and score a lot of points in this game. At the same time, Eastern Washington statistically was one of the worst rushing defenses and overall uh, defenses last year in the FCS. And so... And ESU might run for 400 yards, and Eastern Washington might throw for uh, 400 yards. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, a, a game that is, uh, you know, maybe if you're an NDSU fan, you feel a little uneasy about it because it might be closer than you expected. But I also think it's going to be a weird vibe because, like you mentioned, Coulter, this was played at U.S. Bank Stadium, home of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I believe it's just under 70,000 seats in that stadium. Right. Um, and as of earlier this week, uh, they've only sold 15,000 tickets. And so it might not even be 25% full. And it's just going to, even if it was, even if it was 35,000 tickets sold, which I right. think is what they were looking for, it's still only half full, but now it's 15,000 people in a 70,000 seat stadium. It's just, the energy is going to be off. It's going to feel weird. And I just, I just have a feeling that it's not going to be, you know, one of those games where usually the, you know, NDSU is, it's neutral site, but NDSU is still technically the home team. And that's usually the home team can feed off that opening day crowd. I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's just going to be a really weird vibe uh, at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. It, it reminds me that used to be Central Washington and, and Eastern Washington, which is, you know, that's a, that's a FCS and a Division II. They used to play a neutral site game every year, the battle in Seattle. 
And the last year of it, before they, they decided to finally call it off, they played at the Seattle Seahawks Stadium, and they drew 14,000 fans, which is more than Eastern Washington's whole stadium could hold. So they sold more tickets than what it, what they would have sold if they would have played it in Cheney. But like you're saying, it's in a 67,000-person stadium. So it just looks so funny. So we'll see if the uh, the empty seats uh, add or subtract from the atmosphere. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now uh, on ESPN Radio. Let's talk about some of these big sky games, Sam. Who do you think amongst the uh, sort of cut and dry, I think we both are in the same agreement, the cut and dry hierarchy of the big sky, I think we both think that there's six potential playoff teams and the big sky will probably get four or five teams into the playoffs. Which of those teams do you think has the toughest uh, opening week game? Um, Yeah, that's, um, uh, you know, a good question. Um, do you have the schedule in front of you? You want to? Uh, uh, yeah, let's say, like, so Sac, Sac State's at Nichols State. Idaho's at Lamar. Uh, UC Davis is at Texas A&M Commerce. That's a good game for Texas A&M Commerce to get, honestly, uh, as sort of an upstart uh, Division One program. Montana's at home against Butler. Montana State's at home uh, against Utah Tech. And uh, where's my Weber State? Oh, Weber State plays Thursday, of course, uh, uh, against Central Washington. So, I don't know. I, I don't really see any of these games really being that big of a challenge uh, week one uh, for these uh, these potential playoff contenders in the Big Sky. Yeah, you know, I, I, it is um, you know hard to see you know one that you would call it an upset as far as one of those top six Big Sky teams. Uh, you know, losing one of these games. You know, there are some of the bottom six are playing some FBS opponents, like we mentioned. Portland State is playing Oregon. Yeah. Northern Arizona is, is is going to Arizona, which. I mean, hey, NAU has brought in nearly thirty Division One uh, Division sure. transfers. Most of those, most of those guys coming from the FBS. Um, and NAU beats Arizona. Was that two years ago? Two, two years ago, ago, yeah. RJ Martinez's uh, freshman year. They they went uh, went to Tucson and won. Yeah, so that, you know that that's one to keep an eye on. But as far as FCS versus FCS, maybe the most intriguing is Sac State going to Nichols. Uh, Nichols made the playoffs three years in a row in the late 2010s. They've since fallen off, and so I, is Sac State going to lose this game? They really shouldn't. Uh, but if the Hornets win by ten, it's you know it's maybe not the most impressive victory in the world. But if Sac State goes there and absolutely dominates, you know, and looks really good, looks really impressive talent wise, you know, it's, I'm not going to say you know Sac State is a top five team because they dominated Nichols. But if you are a top ten team in the FCS, you probably should dominate Nichols, and so. Maybe not, you know, a juicy, juicy matchup on paper, but, you know, certainly one that will be interesting. No doubt. Uh, there's other ones that are interesting for other reasons. I do think that Northern Colorado to Abilene Christian is an interesting game just because the Bears have a really tough uh, conference slate. So if they could pick up any sort of victory in the non-conference, I just think hard, wins are going to be hard to come by for Northern Colorado in, in Ed Lamb's uh, first season. Idaho will have no trouble with Lamar, I don't think. UC Davis, I mean, Texas A&M Commerce, I think, will, has the potential to be a really good program given where they're located and the way that they're funded. But but they're sort of transitioning still, so I don't imagine that UC Davis um, will have much trouble in that road opener on Thursday night. Weber State's and played one, a, one, one, Go ahead. One that, yeah, sorry, one, one that is actually, you know, intriguing as I was seeing it is uh, Cal Poly playing San Diego. Totally agree. Uh, because, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, but San Diego... Um, over half of their team, 50% of their team, <laughs> right. um, is, is going to have some type of punishment, whether that's, I don't know if that's one game suspension or complete removal of the team. It could vary uh, through a, a hazing inc- uh, incident, which um, is, is really not good uh, to hear that. Um, but then, you know, Cal Poly, this will be our first glimpse of Sam Heward, who is a, a Washington transfer, former five-star recruit. Um, so, you know, Cal Poly is an intriguing team uh, with the new first-year head coach, but also yep. just seeing what a five-star quarterback that didn't pan out at the power five level what 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 can you do against fcs competition so that'll be interesting well and cal poly was was so bad last year part of that's because of this massive transition they're going through going from the triple option offense and the flex defense to you know way more of a spread attack on offense way more of a traditional defense uh, and then they had the coaching change with bo baldwin jumping arizona state paul wolf uh taking over and uh, But the irony here is you mentioned Sam Heward coming in. He's one of the biggest recruits in the history of um, uh, of the Big Sky Conference. 
But you look at Cal Poly's conference schedule, and they have to play UC Davis, they have to play Idaho, they have to play Montana State, they have to play Sac State, they have to play Weber State. They're going to be big-time dogs in all those games. Cal Poly, if they're going to improve on last year, they actually have to make some noise in the non-conference, but they actually have probably the, the most favorable non-conference of anybody in the, in the Big Sky, save maybe Montana. Montana's got Butler at Utah Tech and then Ferris State. Cal Poly, they got San Diego, which you mentioned San Diego's had all sorts of turmoil from the uh, sort of the the resignation slash retirement of Dale Lindsay that actually wasn't. And and then all of a sudden he was, he's fired, but they had spun it in a different direction to the media, to then this hazing issue. San Diego, who was a, a pretty proud program and had made the playoffs several times in a row, uh, they seem like a mess. Then Cal Poly's at San Jose State. It's a, it's an FBS for sure, but San Jose State has not been very good the last 10 years or so. And then they got Lincoln coming to town. So it, when we're talking about big sky teams that might actually have a chance to have winning records going into league play, somehow, some way, Cal Poly might actually be one of them. Yeah, and Cal Poly is just, just so interesting, too. Uh, I know we've talked about kind of the ebbs and flows of the big sky and you know, who's been up and then who's risen down and, um, you know, kind of the, the flipping of who's at the top of the big sky and who's not. Uh, yeah, you know, Cal Poly was in the playoffs for um, a couple of years there in, in the in the mid to later 2010s. Um, actually, you, you mentioned San Diego, how they were, they used to be the power of the Pioneer Football League. Uh, that's now more recently Ben Davidson and now St. Thomas is on the scene as well. Uh, but San Diego beat a couple of big sky teams in the playoffs a handful of years ago, and I believe Cal Poly was one of them. I mean, I want to say Northern Arizona was, was the other one um, as well. But, uh, yeah, getting back to Cal Poly, just interesting because, you know, where they're located, you, you would think that they could have so much success. But, again, you know, with, with some of the academic requirements, I know that um, hurts, you know, some of their uh, recruiting. Um, and then, you know, just to not uh, a ton of stability recently at the top, uh, you know, switching from a triple option to a more spread, uh, you know, that's that's quite the adjustment to make as well and so um i don't know i mean they have a great facility i don't know if you've seen pictures of their new facility but i mean cal poly has you know, sure. things in place to be good but the you know the the challenges are, are are certainly there as well and you know how does a team like cal poly crack the the top six of of the big sky which just seems to be you know separated so much from the bottom six of the big sky sam herder hero sports uh, here on nuanas now espn radio last thing for you then any FCS uh, over FBS upsets that y- you think might be uh, lingering? I'm not asking you to make a prediction and call any of these, but uh, does anybody have a chance in week one to, to knock off a big di- a big dog? Yeah, keep an eye on Incarnate Word going to Utah. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, usually, yeah, usually when you uh, you know try to find uh, th- these FCS over up, uh, FCS over FBS upsets, you you honestly usually start looking at the FBS teams and <laughs> looking at FBS teams who are not good. Like anytime UMass uh, or UConn plays an FCS team, even even if it's a middle of the pack NEC team, you kind of go, okay, you know, they, they could probably beat uh, a team like UMass. Um, but yeah, you know, UTEP is, is okay; they're 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 not the strongest, um, and so I think UIW can go in there and then and, and certainly compete really well, if not pull off a victory. Um, I, I think on your show I've mentioned Ka- uh, Zach Calzada before, uh, transfer quarterback going to UIW, who started ten games in the SEC a couple of years ago. Um, he he beat. Uh, number one, Alabama as a starting quarterback for Texas A&M a couple of years ago. He's now at UIW, a uh, six foot four quarterback can sling it. Uh, UIW is going to have a lot of good weapons. Um, I don't know if you remember the name Brandon Porter uh, from Northern Arizona yep. from a few years ago. Um, he's now at UIW. He's been there for a, a couple of years now, but I think he's expected to kind of fill in that, that wide receiver one role. So uh, they got, they got talent there and I think that'll be a close game. Uh, also Northern Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, with Theo Day leading Northern Iowa, I think they can um, you know, compete really well against Iowa State. Um, the Cyclones have kind of dipped down recently. They also have some off-the-field stuff with some uh, players betting and involving family members and uh, just not a good situation there. So I, that's a, I, don't, I don't know if Northern Iowa is going to win, but I do expect it to be you know, possibly a, a single-possession game there. Sam Herter, Herosports.com. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's the senior FCS analyst there at Hero Sports and BetMGM, and he'll join us weekly here to talk all things FCS and college football on Nuanas Now. Sam, appreciate it, man. I know you love this time of year when you get to uh, watch games four nights in a row, so uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll be touching base next week, but thanks for being here. Okay, yep, sounds good. There you go. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, here on Nuanas Now. How about one of the most uh, visible names and visible faces uh, in Big Sky Conference football. 
He's the subject of our Montana State Minute. Next, Tommy Malott, the quarterback for the Bobcats on ESPN Radio. Don't change that channel. It's 102.9 ESPN-MT. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What do the kids say? It's an OG ESPN Montana song. That's like from back in the Tutel Nuanez days. Well, Our Lady Peace here on your Wednesday. Hopefully having a great uh, week so far. Appreciate you for spending some time with us. This is Nuanez Now. I am Coulter Nuanez. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Appreciate you for tuning in. Well, it's game week. And we've been doing Montana State Minutes all summer long, talking about the lead-up to football season. But now, football season's upon us. Montana State, they open the 2023 season against Utah Tech. Saturday night, under the Bobcat Stadium lights, the annual Gold Rush game returns. We're joined now by Bobcat junior quarterback, Tommy Malott. Tommy, thanks for being here, man. First of all, I mean, how's it feel? You started school last week. Now you got Gold Rush coming down the pipe. Always an exciting time of year. What goes through your mind, and uh, how does it feel when you know that uh, Gold Rush is coming? Man, I just think that, uh, you know, we have a group of guys here that's, uh, you know, really been bought in uh, for this system and for, you know, beginning of this new season for, uh, you know, since uh, beginning of January. And, uh, you know, I think it's finally here, and, and guys are chomping at the bit, and they're ready to get out there. Uh, play in front of those Bobcat fans here uh, a couple of days. And I got to ask you, I know you've been real busy, and uh, I don't know how much you paid attention to it this last week, but one of the best uh, wins of the weekend this last week in high school football as they opened up on Friday night was Butte High. They they had a whole bunch of turnovers, and it was a mess of a game, but they still were able to beat Billings West. Do, do you still keep tabs on the Bulldogs? I do, yeah. I keep, uh, keep a good connection with uh, Coach Eric Gray over there. Uh, and I think, yeah, I uh, – I, you know, I heard about how that game was going. Um, they're down 10-0. They're going into the fourth. And, uh, you know, obviously things weren't going exactly how they wanted to, but I think it's just a testament to, to the kids on that team and, and the way that Coach Gray has helped uh, develop those young men into being, you know, just resilient and persevere through all that, uh, you know, those hardships and, and uh, being able to, you know, have that fourth quarter where they're able to rip off a couple of scores and, and go away with a big win. I think going over to Billings is never an easy uh, task. So I think it's, a, like I said, a big testament to – guys over there and, and just the coaching and, and uh, development from Coach Gray. Tommy Mullah joined us here on our Montana State Minute. He's the quarterback for the uh, number three ranked team in the FCS set to open their season against Utah Tech on Saturday night. We talked to you Tommy before fall camp began and now and now it's uh, in the books and you're in the game week so what did you learn about this team over the last couple weeks? Yeah I mean I just think that we're you know a little bit more of a veteran group than we had last year. Uh, which is a good thing. You know, I think we have a lot of, uh, you know, the different details are just, you know, so consistent with this team. Uh, you know, with the 17 practices to sharpen our sword uh, throughout fall camp, I think that we, uh, I think that we really crushed it. I think that we we're very consistent, you know, very little uh, roller coaster up and down. And I think it was just every day guys are coming back, um, you know, to get better. And, uh, you know, regardless of what their body and their mind was telling them, uh, you know, they were, you know, telling themselves that they can get through it. Uh, you know, they can, uh, you know, focus in for another meeting, another two-hour meeting here. They can, you know, go out there and, and be physical uh, with, the, you know, some other guys who are the best in the country, you know, for, you know, whatever it was, day six in a row there, you know, a couple of times. And so it was, uh, 
you know, I think that's what it kind of spoke most about our team. Um, I think we're a very talented bunch, and I'm excited to, you know, excited to get rolling here on Saturday. Well, one position group we've been talking about a lot on this show that I'm very excited to watch is the wide receivers. Last couple of years, so much of the narrative around the Bobcat offense has been how well you guys run the ball, and justifiably so. I mean, school record for rushing yards in a season last year. Led the conference, one of the top teams in the country running the ball. And I know there's been some great receivers at MSU the last couple of years, too. I mean, a testament to three different guys getting shots with the NFL teams and Lance McCutcheon and Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis. But this group, it seems like, has a chance to be a little different in a variety of ways. And uh, I'm really excited to see if Ty McCullough's uh, speed lives up to the billing. I'm excited to see if Lanyata Alexander can dominate out of the slot like I think he can. I know you have a lot of confidence in these guys, Tommy, so just break it down. I mean, what do you think of your your receivers, especially some of the guys that will make their Bobcat debuts on Saturday? No, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited. The guys have been, they've been here uh, throughout the winter. They've really been buying into our culture, uh, what we do here at, at MSU. And, and uh, you know, I think every single one of them's got this, uh, you know, very special skills that, that they're bringing. Uh, and, yeah, I think we'll be a very, um, very dynamic team out there on the edge. Yeah, Ty, I think that he's been, uh, you know, I think his speed, um, you know, it kind of separates him. Uh, I think that he's, uh, he's just a guy that will give you his all every single play. Um, you know, then Lanyata, uh, he's one of my roommates, and, and he's, uh, you know, I think that he, he just uses his speed so well. You, you know, his control over his body is just, uh, you know, different than what I've seen, you know, a lot. Um, you know, we got uh, Aiden Garrigan, oh, another of my roommates. I think he's been flying around making some plays, uh, you know, very technical with his routes. Uh, Christian Anaya, you know, he's a guy that's coming off of uh, freshman year, but just coming in for a second year, he's a young guy. But, uh, you know, he's been making a lot of a lot of great plays out there. Um, it's been very cool to see his kind of progress into becoming more of a consistent player for us. And then, you know, Cleve Ann, he obviously played with us last year and, uh, I think that he's just like, he's just a leader of that group, and you know he leads by example. He does everything right. He's here early. He's you know he gets out of here late. Um, you know takes care of his body. He's flying around making plays. Uh, so I think we have a super dynamic group there. Um, you know that you know obviously there's a couple other guys that are going to get a shot to play out there as well. Uh, you know Jacob Trimble, uh, Tavion Williams, all those guys, and so um, you know excited to see you know what they what they do out there on on Saturday uh, with that energy with that. And I'm excited for them as well, just to, you know, see that energy because I, I just, you know, I believe that this is one of the most special Saturdays here um, really anywhere uh, in the nation with the uh, gold rush here at MSU. So I uh, can't wait for them to be out there and, and uh, you know, and feel that love that everybody else does as well. I know we're, we're recording this here on Monday, so probably only a, a brief knowledge so far of the opponent, but uh, Utah Tech coming to town, an upstart FCS program. I think we're going to learn a lot about Utah Tech the next couple weeks because they play the Bobcats, then the Grizzlies, then Northern Arizona, so a all-Big Sky non-conference for, for Utah Tech, so we'll certainly be following along, especially at Skyline Sports. But uh, Tommy Malach joining us as Bobcat quarterback. What can you tell us about Utah Tech so far, Tommy? What have you learned? You know, I think that they're a team that, you know, obviously showed last year uh, a lot of flashes of, of, of potential. I don't think that they ever, you know, their record really reflects how talented they really are. Um, I think their their front guys, you know, are, are very fast, uh, you know, and they're physical and they're aggressive. And, and uh, you know, as you see from game one uh, all the way to, you know, their last games with BYU um, and, and everyone else, you know, just that energy uh, was just consistent. That perseverance was consistent. I, I mean, I think that they – Obviously, Shaw playing BYU on the road. Um, they really give those guys a scare and, and, you know, take away a couple of those, um, you know, almost prayers that BYU had in that first half. That game is, uh, you know, Utah Tech is up by a few scores. I think that they're, uh, you know, they, their, their scheme was kind of, um, they were changing around all over the place. So, um, you know, we're not entirely sure what we're going to be getting. But, um, you know, we're going to obviously respect these guys. We're taking it day by day. Uh, you know, it's Monday right now. We're obviously completely focused on them. And Tuesday, we're going to do the exact same thing. And, and uh, you know, we're rolling all the way to Saturday. They're our, you know, our main focus right now, uh, 100%, uh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to get out there and play against some of those guys. They've got uh, a lot of returning um, contributors, for sure, from last year. Uh, they have a couple of new guys as well as what we've kind of been able to see so far. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, they're very – they're, they're, they're physical in coverage for sure. Like I think that they're, um, you know, I think that they're fast and they're physical in coverage and, um, you know, with all with their man stuff that they'd shown last year and, um, you know, we're excited to see what we're going to get. We're just going to be disciplined. We're going to do what we do. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we're just going to be detailed with what we do and, and not uh, overdo anything. Uh, so we're excited for it. Last thing for you, then, I know you guys have all talked uh, pretty consistently about, you know, taking care of your business first, like you just said, one day at a time, be where your feet are at. So uh, it seems like the the, the uh, marching orders going into this season as well. What what will be your barometers? I mean, what sort of things do you hope to, to execute? That has nothing to do with Utah Tech. What sort of things do you hope to see out of the Bobcat offense on, on Saturday? No, I just think it's, it's composure. I think that that first game, um, the energy uh, for everybody is, is so high. You know, everybody is zero on zero. There's no one that has shown anything with this current team. You know, there's, a, there's speculation with rankings and stuff like that, but none of that really matters because uh, no one's played yet. So, uh, you know, obviously we have a ton of respect for these guys off the bat. And I, you know, I'm just hoping that we see some composure from this offense. Like I said, I think we're more of a veteran group. We've got a lot of experience in games. And, you know, just going out there on that first play, uh, that first drive, you know, just guys doing their job, not trying to do too much, um, not letting that energy, you know, you know, overexcite them, and then they get undisciplined uh, with their, you know, with their uh, footwork, whatever it might be, uh, with their depth, uh, with their tracks, whatever it might be. And it's the same thing for me, you know, it's just, it's just having that composure, um, but just, you know, channeling that energy uh, and letting it, you know, showing in the details rather than, you know, playing out of body experience, which is, you know, very easy to do on that first game. So I think that's, you know, what our, that's, that's what the hope is for the first game. And I just hope the guys got fun. You know, they, they, uh, they use all that energy and, you know, they just enjoy the heck out of it. Well, always one of the most fun nights of the year under the Bobcat Stadium lights, the Gold Rush. Coming back yet again, Utah Tech in town to take on number three, Montana State. Tommy Malott, the Bobcat quarterback, or one of the Bobcat quarterbacks. Junior there at MSU joining us here on the Montana State Minute. Tommy, really appreciate the time, man. Best of luck on Saturday. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'll uh, talk to you soon. There you go. Tommy Malott, from the Grizz to the Cats, from the Cats to the Grizz. We got our Wing It Wednesday next. Here's what you're going to do to win some wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call us and ask me a Grizz question. That's it. Simple. What do you want to know about the Grizz? That's next. Keep it right here. Free wings coming at you on ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country and you have full access to our full manufacturing shop you can look in the case you don't have to start out designing something you can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience jewelry design center now open in missoula at 2501 brook street across from the montana club jewelry design center your jeweler for life ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Back on SWX Montana Television. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, back on the ESPN MT app as well. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on this Wednesday. If you follow along regularly, you know every Wednesday is Wing It Wednesday. We give you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. One of the busiest and most fun sports times of the year is upcoming. You got dozens of college football games on Saturday. Next week, the NFL starts. The baseball season is into its stretch run, and the playoffs are right around the corner. Desperado, great place to watch sports and, of course, enjoy some wings. The burgers and the beers are also delightful, but the wings are what keep you coming back. Every Wednesday, we give an opportunity for one lucky listener and winner to Get yourself a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Here's what you got to do right now. You want them. We got them. But you got to give us something to talk about. I want a question, a comment, something about Grizz football. Anything's up for grabs. 406-888-1029. You call us. First person through. You tell us, what are you wondering about the Grizz? What's a question about the Grizz? Comments about the Grizz? Anything that can help us have a little discussion about the University of Montana football team, call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. First person through, we'll get you on. We'll get you all uh, keyed in and get you some wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The uh, Grizz depth chart came out yesterday, and uh, quite a few... um, I don't know about surprises because it's you know it's hard when you don't get to watch much practice. 
during fall camp, it's it's hard to say what really was going down. And you know, if I was able to go to every practice from start to finish, I'd be able to tell you a little bit more what was true, true surprises. But I, I did think that a couple things that really stood out. Jake Olson is the starting tight end, kid from Butte, Montana, 6'7", 254 pounds. Uh, that's good. That's a great camp by him. That's great progress for him within the arc of his career. Eric Barker, who seemed like kind of the, the incumbent there, uh, he's the three, so he's not on the two deep, but he is uh, healthy, so he will be in the, in the mix as well. Eli Gilman, I predicted him as the uh, breakout player of Griswold camp, and, and he certainly proved that by winning the starting running back job. And then the other one offensively, probably Kakila Lincoln, starting at left guard over Hunter McGinnis. McGinnis was in and out of fall camp. Uh, he's back to health now. He was on our show yesterday, uh, but I think he didn't have enough fall camp reps to get that number one spot. Sounds like we have somebody. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Kelly Archibald Wilson. How are you, Colton? Great, Kelly. Thank you so much for uh, for chiming in. Uh, what do you got? What's your question? My question is: uh, You've watched the quarterback battle for uh, University of Montana, and who do you think should be the starting quarterback? It's a great question, and it's going to be something that's talked about uh, ad nauseum. I think until there's actually a, a for sure guy. Maybe there won't be, though. Dual quarterback systems are certainly on the rise in popularity when it comes to college football in general, especially if you got a guy that can run and a guy that can throw. That's what Montana has. Clifton McDowell can throw it pretty good, but he's certainly the, the more mobile of the two. Sam Vitlack can throw it, I, th- I think, pretty darn pretty darn good. Uh, maybe not as mobile as, as uh, McDowell. But I do think that if you have multiple guys, you know, on one hand, I can see the old adage. If, if you got multiple quarterbacks, uh, you don't have a quarterback. I can also see the other side of the coin, though. Multiple guys playing that position makes the defense uh, have a lot more uh, responsibilities, a lot more things to account for. So I can kind of see it on both sides. Th- congratulations to Kelly. Thanks for the call, and uh, enjoy yourself those wings at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. But certainly I've been asked about this by a lot of different people uh, since Monday's press conference when Bobby Houck said, we're not going to have a starting quarterback this first game. Somebody will certainly take the first snaps, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the starter, which is funny because actually, in fact, they are definitively the starter if they take the first snap. It doesn't mean they're necessarily the main quarterback. I knew what he was saying. But regardless, um, so long for so long, the, the, uh, the adage in football was that you want to have a guy because you need the quarterback to be the leader of your team. You need, or at least a leader on your team, having a guy that the organization as a whole, whether it's high school, college, or pros, believes in and follows is a key element to success. That's still the, the, the tried and true and, and absolutely overwhelmingly uh, popular model in the NFL. I think it's still pretty tried and true and the overwhelmingly popular popular model in high school football as well. But at the college level, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can win. I do think the Grizz have a variety of really good leaders, and I think that their captains are sort of reflective of what their program's all about. They have multiple linebackers as captains, multiple linemen, and that's because that's the style they want to play. They want to play a smash-mouth, hit-you-in-the-face type style. They're going to run the ball as, as hard as and as passionately as anybody defensively, their special teams are going to always have an edge over the opponent, or at least pretty much always. They almost always have an edge over their opponent. So, that, that I mean, that's a reflection of their head coach. But that's what Bobby Houck wants. Bobby Houck is a special teams and defensive guy, first and foremost. And uh, offensively, he wants to run the ball and uh, and control the clock. So, where am I? Where do I fall on this? I do think there's a lot of people that are a little bit critical that the Grizz didn't name a starting quarterback. I think there's a lot of people that think that they should and and you know see how the chips may fall, but I also see why they haven't. They have a new offensive coordinator in Brent Pease, so they have a huge element of surprise when it comes to that. There's no film on what Coach Pease is going to do. I mean, as Hauk always says, uh, infamously, he always says, everybody in college football runs everything now, which is such an interesting take. Because <laughs> there is some truth there. I don't think the Grizz are going to come out with some sort of completely unseen, unknown type of offense. Most of the concepts will be, you know, borrowed from other places. But Brett Pease has a ton of offensive play calling acumen and experience. 
So they have an element of surprise, given that there's no film on what this current OC is going to call and what they want the identity of the offense to be. There's also no film on these quarterbacks. I think that's another part of the strategy, is you play multiple guys here, because you have you have a pretty favorable non-conference schedule if you're Montana. I, I think you're going to be a, I don't know, four or five touchdown favorite on, on Saturday against Butler. I'll look the lineup and actually get that back to you here in just a little while. You're going to be a couple-score favorite on the road against Utah Tech, and you're going to be a, I don't know, probably 21-point favorite, three-touchdown favorite over Ferris State at home. So you got some games where you should roll, right? So playing multiple quarterbacks, maybe that gets more film out there for multiple different guys, and it makes it more confusing when you get into big sky conference play, keep your opponents on their heels, all that stuff. I totally think that that's part of the strategy. I also totally think, though, that they do, they truly – I don't think Bobby Houck's blowing smoke when they say that they haven't had a guy rise up and actually win – the quarterback competition. And I think that's because Sam Vidlak and Clifton McDowell both had good camps. And I do think that, that you can you can analyze all you want when it comes to practice and spring ball and fall ball and all that stuff. You don't ever really know until a guy gets in the game live action. Sam Vidlak, transferred from Boise State, he hasn't played in the game in a long time. He's never played in a game at Montana. Clifton McDowell, transfer from Central Arkansas. He played a little bit last year at UCA, but he hasn't played a lot during his college career. That's why he's on his fourth school going into his senior year. So I don't really know if the Grizz can evaluate fully who is their quarterback until they see these guys in games. But I also think there's a scenario in which they roll with both of them for a good portion, if not the entire season. So we'll see. I think this is an ever-evolving storyline, but it's a good question, Kelly. Thanks for the call. Also appreciate the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for their continued support of Wing It Wednesday. The way we we make you win the wings is going to continue to evolve, but we will always have free wings for you, courtesy of the Despo, uh, every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. More Grizz football talk, then more Bobcat football talk, then more Grizz football talk. Back and forth we go. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 